Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, hi there, Super Ninfrendos. I didn't see you standing there. What's going on? It's NVC episode 630. I am your host, Seth Macy, joined here today by Pierre Schneider. Hello, Seth. John Warren. Hi, Seth. Hi, and Charles Hart. Hello. Wahoo. Charles, I just wanted to point out your last name is actually an anagram for Hart, which I thought was really neat. That's true. Yeah, yeah I never... 
I've personally never thought about that before. It's really. <laughs> Can you see brain. anagrams, Seth, or something? Like, do you look I, at words and you see anagrams? Oftentimes, yes. Wow. It's like he's in his mind palace, like Sherlock, oh. just piecing this stuff together all the time. Oh. Yep. Jeremy's iron. That's a Simpsons <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, Seth, Seth was always, you know, when he was going home after school, he would look for his name on the mailbox, but he would end up at the YMCA all the time. <laughs> that is or, literally or, I, when I figured or, that out. Yeah, yeah that yes. was that was good. Or the Macy's. Wow. Yep. <laughs> that was the, that was the easier joke there, John. Was, sometimes, thanks, uh, Charles. We, Appreciate yeah. it. We'd pick up Should've a prescription at my cousin Far Macy's. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Matt. This is great. I love all the listeners that have dropped off this episode. Yeah, that's it. Sorry about that. We we should get right into it. We're changing things up a little bit this week, uh, format-wise. We are going to start by talking about the games that we have been playing lately. Per, you've been a very busy game player over the last, uh, well, since the last time you were on the show. Would you please give us a little rundown of something that you've been playing this week that's been interesting to you or not interesting, as it will be the case when you get to me? So I was, um, I just cl- uh, closed the uh, the NVC doc, so I have to look at my Switch to find out all the games that I was playing. So I finished, um, I finished Railways, which is this little kind of like flight path type, <gasps> yeah. like touchscreen game. It's very good. I talked about it before and it was broken before and you couldn't finish it and they patched it and it's, it's good. So if you have a couple of bucks, it's really nice. nice. I, uh, I'm playing Blossom Tales. I gotta say, after my initial excitement over playing something that feels and looks like Link to the Past, it's losing me a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys are playing Blossom Tales too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like I, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna keep playing it. Uh, I played a game called Train Valley. Well, this is Blossom oh. Tales we're watching right now. So Blossom Tales is exactly like the first one. Uh, we 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 all loved it. I think it, it is very much a link to the past type experience where the right. world opens up and you get new powers. And it is it is exactly that sort of like two D top down experience. Mm. And the the second one has more powers. It just I mean, there's just something about it where the world isn't as interesting as as I was hoping for it to be. But um, mm. I'm gonna keep on playing, see uh, how the dungeons are. Um, it's fun. Uh, okay. Train Valley, I played that. That is a uh, that is a train simulation. I don't know what it is. With oh, trains. You, I'm listening. Actually, I went to uh, uh, when my mom was here visiting from Germany. I went to the train museum in Sacramento again, which is the greatest museum in the world, of course. <laughs> um, it's got it's got giant Wild West trains and all of that stuff. Cool. It's really cool. So I've been inspired, and I've played uh, Train Valley, which is a, a sim. I feel like it's a little bit better at home on on PC because it, it mm, does right. feel like you need that mouse control. But it, it's really fun. You can play, you, you have to plan railways and you have to kind of initiate when the trains leave each station. And then, of course, there's that element where you got to make sure that you're you're switching things right so you don't have collisions. Right. But it also has that sort of SimCity building aspect. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Horizon Chase 2, which is not yet on Switch, but coming next year. It's out on iOS um, if you have Apple Arcade. And everybody here knows Horizon Chase Turbo is the second best racing game on the Nintendo Switch after Mario Kart. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Uh, playing, playing, a, a, playing a party game called Camp Out where four people play, work together building a camp. It's 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 fun. It does feel like... Um, it, it does feel... You can tell it's been made by... A small indie dev, uh, you know, it's like a, a labor of love. I'm yeah. not in love with the art style and things, but it, but it's got some clever elements. And my kids and I had a lot of fun playing lots of Splatoon. Amazing, of course, that game. And then I'm gonna wrap this up just quickly because this, I, 
I feel like I, because I've been traveling so much, I've played so much, but um, we have a lot of old people on the podcast today now. And so obviously <laughs> got to bring up the old people genre game, Return to Monkey Island, which yes. um, Ryan McCaffrey reviewed for us. And he really, really liked it because Ryan McCaffrey is also an old people genre person. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's just really kind of charming and nice to go back to this kind of classic LucasArts style adventure game where you're, yeah. The the fun is derived from the writing about the menial things and the kind of mundane, right? Like you're looking at something on a wall and you you can tell what it is, but then the way your character reacts to it or the, the NPCs talk about it, that that's where a lot of the fun lies. Like a lot of people, I had a hard time getting used to the art style because I have played the old games. And right. so that's not what my guybrush, guybrush looked like either. Right. Um, but it grew on me. The animation is cool. The voice acting is cool. I'm digging it. You guys play it? <sighs> yeah, I've I've, I've started uh, Return to Monkey Island, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm in love with it. Uh, it's it's kind of a return to that LucasArts style I really like. But it's this is still a point and click adventure game. I want to be very clear about it. But they've kind of removed some of the friction that was with the older games. I feel like they had that verb system that I don't think has aged particularly well. No. Um, Scums. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. And and I think like they've removed some of the friction to get into this game, so you really just get into the writing and the art style and kind of the world that they built, and they've been kind of building it for thirty years. And Ron Gilbert's back, and that's very exciting. So yeah, you, I've, I've been enjoying it. But you have to be patient, right? It's you like do. a there, like you may be in a room and there are twenty things to look at, and maybe yeah. one of those things is something that you might need. Yeah. And then, you know, the puzzles range from the, oh, I get it immediately when they talk about it to the, you know, the, <laughs> apo the apology frog and things like that, where yeah. you know, you, they're, they're obscure, but it's almost it's almost a throwback to when games were more obscure, like yeah. Resident Evil put the jewel in the eyeball and the door opens, you know, right. that sort of stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that for me, I, I was obviously not around when these games were like in their prime hey day yeah um, thanks man <laughs> um but it's, it's always been like an appealing genre to me but i think that friction is always what has put me off from coming to it and i think the art style of this for someone like me it looks like a cartoon i would watch growing up and it feels like hmm. there's less friction if that makes any sense like it feels like it's got um they're they're trying to make it a more uh, a universal appeal. So I haven't played mm. it, but this is this is definitely on my radar. I'm very interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun. My question is to to John because I also haven't played it, John and Parrot. But uh, how how often does the game stop and you have to switch floppy disks? Yeah, it's uh -huh. like it's every few minutes. Um, okay, it's not as bad. I will say the floppies taste better than your typical <laughs> switch card. So it's, oh, it's not that bad. All right. I, uh, I hate to keep pulling the H power, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like not not even a little bit of. A Surely you've seen the floppy disk icon next to save menu options. Uh, uh, Microsoft Word, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. And wondered what the hell is that? Um, I did. I do. I do like this sort of kind of like the the game is very self-referential. There are lots of throwbacks to the original game. Like the lore from the original game has been misinterpreted. There's a museum where the curator tells you all sorts of facts about things from the old games. It's all wrong uh -huh. it's all wrong and you and guybrush keeps on saying like no i'm pretty sure that didn't happen that way he's like no no it absolutely did you know i'm the expert on it so it has a lot of fun stuff like that for returning players that will go over the heads of, of new ones but it also has jokes about you know elder 
Elden, uh, Elder Scrolls horse armor, right? Like oh, there's yeah. a pre-order bonus of an item that does nothing in your inventory, that sort of stuff. Nice. All right. Uh, John, have you been playing anything other than <clears throat> Monkey Island? That yeah, is particularly uh, the notable? Splatoon hater is logged on. Oh, um, wait. All right. Well, this was a mistake. Right, well, that's it. This is the show now, huh? Um, well, all, I was going to say all the comments had been previously positive. Uh, Listen, I, I, I think uh, Splatoon is one of those games I've tried to pick up thrice now. Mm-hmm. And all three times I have bounced off it horribly. And I'm just going to realize it's just not for me. Yep. Um, I, 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 I have a real tough time with the controls. The, the the motion stuff works the best i get it but i'm still just very frustrated with it um and this game oozes with style and i love the idea of being kind of in the like my favorite parts of this game are being in the lobby in the city and like talk you know like looking at people's little comments and stuff that's really great i wish i loved this game but i don't but i've been trying to love it have you ever done salmon run with like some people you know, like players that you can chat with? No, I have no friends. I have no. Oh. Who, uh, no, it's like I, I, I haven't done that. I should. Yeah. Um, mostly, if I'm getting together with friends these days, it's to play Fortnite, which is yep. really nuts. But it's like, I that's I just I should do this. I keep getting told I should do this, and maybe this weekend I'll correct that. It's um, it's like yeah it's like horde mode and I look I yeah. I have I have three kids my daughter um she she's back in Japan now but she was visiting too and we sat in the living room with four switches and we just uh you know we went online and we played salmon run we played um other sounds, game modes too but sounds delightful it's it's just like you, you, like nobody wants to go to sleep it's right. just such a great mode and That's it can cool. be frustrating when you lose and the one thing I'll say about Splatoon is the connection errors are still around like they have yeah. not figured out the server issues yet which is a, a big issue but hey nintendo yeah. like anytime you want to invest mm-hmm. in some of that online stuff like anytime now this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices 
in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Very cool. Yeah. Charles, what about you, the young young whippersnapper <laughs> over there? The, the youngin. Um, I've also been playing some Splatoon 3. I I think I'm in a similar spot as John, yeah. but I, I think I res- I think I respect it a little more than John does. <laughs> I think I'm just very bad at it. And I've mm-hmm. last night or, or a few nights ago, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take another crack at Splatoon 3. And I had like three games where I lost really badly. And I, it was a, a point where it's like, you know, there's enough games. I don't need to force myself to like this one. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a bad game at all. I just don't think it's a, a Charles game. I okay. can see that. I can, look, there, it's, there are plenty of games I can't get into that I, you know, lots of people love. Like Returnal, I eventually dropped off because I'm like, I apparently don't like to do the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, and, but I appreciate it for its design ideas and the look and the sound and everything is right. really cool mm-hmm. in that game. I wanted to love it. Splatoon is one of those games that when I saw it previewed at E3, I'm like, this is not for me. And then I played it with Jose, who you know now works for Nintendo, was at IGN before, and we just we just got hooked, and we we couldn't believe how Nintendo how Nintendo figured out how to get Japan to play first person shooters, <laughs> right? Like it was just such yeah. a unique game. And then I feel like every iteration has gotten better with you know Salmon Run added. Um, yeah. But it is very daunting to get into now. And especially, it depends on the time of day when you play. Like, when a lot of kids are on who haven't played this game, you'll feel like a king. But when you sign on, when the I Japanese players are playing, yeah. Then Taking it's, notes. It's I want to feel like a big bully. Let's do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Perfect yes. for that. But, um, uh, what else? I've, is there anything else you've been playing that maybe you've enjoyed a little bit more? Yeah, I've also been playing... Uh, John briefly mentioned I was playing it right before the call. Shovel Knight Dig came out like an hour ago. Yeah. Um, I have it on Apple Arcade, so I'm not playing it on Switch, but it is on Switch. Um, it's just it's just good fun. It's it. Okay. I think it scratched an itch I didn't know needed to be scratched until I picked it up. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's procedurally generated. You're always digging downwards, and it's I, I guess kind of roguelike e. Um, I don't know. I made that. I made that into a new adjective, and the adjective already exists. It's stick. <laughs> um, but it's it's very fun, and it's what, what was surprising to me is that it's procedurally generated, and it doesn't feel like it at all. Oh, that's like, great. It feels yeah. like 
uh, uh, I, I like genuinely looked it up again to say like, did, was this all planned out? There's like a little prologue tutorial section that I am pretty sure was planned, but um, I think they just have figured out how to make a really good screen and what elements you can vary on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not very far in it, but it felt very good, and I will definitely be going back to. It. Awesome! I totally forgot that uh, that was coming out. I saw the review I today uh, uh, on IGN yeah. too, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Now, I did too. Like earlier this week, I was like, "I wonder when that's coming out." And all the <laughs> all the reviews hit, and it uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick that up. I love yeah. Shovel Knight, and hearing good things about it makes me more excited. I have yet to be disappointed by Shovel Knight, that's which brings good. me to what I've been playing. Which did disappoint me. Uh, last week, I got the you know the download on the eShop email that they send out with all the new games, and I was right. looking through it, and I saw a game called Various Daylife, and I was like, "Well, that name is real <laughs> dumb and bad." <laughs> and uh, and then it said from the creators of Octopath Traveler and yeah. uh, Triangle Strategy. I was like, "Oh, a, a game with a horrible name from you know." Square? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's got RPG elements, and I was like, "Yes, the awesome." Sequel, the sequel to Mundane Walking. Yeah, yes. what what names were on the cutting floor there that they decided various day life is the best option that we have? It's it's fascinating to me. Casual interactions. It is <laughs> it is um not for me. And within the oh, wow. first ten minutes of playing it, I was like, I just spent twenty five dollars on this game that I'm never going to play again. Yeah. Um, it's uh originally it was an Apple Arcade game. I thought it was just going to be a throwback. Like I'm always looking for turn-based RPGs because that's just what I grew up with. And I love turn-based RPGs. And none of the new ones with the exception of like Bravely Default have really hit for me. Um, I don't really like the action elements in a lot of, you know, Xenoblade 3 notwithstanding. But I was excited for that, for that reason to pick this one up. And it's just bad and boring and lame. You just walk along a corridor. So it's Final Fantasy 13, basically. And then there's just battles that aren't any fun. Um, sorry to all the Final Fantasy 13 fans out there. I know. Out there. I know. After the first 30 hours, it really gets good. It really <laughs> opens up. After always that. tells me. So, Various Day Life was super disappointing. I was oh. hoisted by my own petard on that one because of the dumb name was the whole reason that I bought it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to like See, this. The name is working. You're encouraging them. Stop. I know, I know. Ah, shoot. I didn't even think of that. Well, I voted with my wallet and I voted wrong. But uh, oh, I also got a copy of Bionic Commando for the NES I bought off of eBay because Jeremy Parrish just did a video about it. And I was like, you know what? I love Bionic Commando. Sadly, my NES 72 pin connector needs to go back into the uh, pot of boiling water for five to 10 minutes because I can't play any of my nes games anymore oh, the no. the pins are are uh not too working well though, yeah. it is it's too well <laughs> right now but bionic commando is one of the best nes games and they did a modern version of it for xbox arcade that you can't you just can't play anymore you can't play it anymore yep no and it's a huge bummer because it's like a one-to-one -one remake with modern Mm -hmm. graphics and it's so fun and it's really really challenging and the music is incredible but if you've never played the uh the nes version and if you have a way to play it i cannot recommend it enough also it's not very expensive i think i paid like 15 or 16 dollars on ebay wow. for one of the best nes games of all time i also ordered another secret game that i'm going to reveal right now that i got like right before the show my apple watch went off from ebay like it does a lot <laughs> Tell me that the package I ordered is coming early, and that game is Donkey Kong sixty four. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> wow. Oh, I hate. Can I, oh, is it too late to cancel? 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> One of the best N sixty four collections. No, I see. I see the error you made. You you know Donkey Kong, and you played the amazing arcade game, uh, and you think this is like it. The amazing arcade game is in Donkey Kong 64. That, that's way, that's one that's of the banana challenges. Okay. That's okay. Well, then, no, then okay. that, that's fine. You should, that, that's definitely worth it. The oh, rest of the game, though. I love this game so much. I, well, I 101%ed it. I, that, I got every banana plus whatever, like the giant one that you get. It, it was a long time ago. That, so, can, can you pitch this game to me as someone who I think only knows the DK rap in reference okay. to Great this question. game? Yeah. Okay. So, so you've got your your Donkey Kong, and you've got his no. family members. Wrong. Okay, right. yeah, good. You have your Donkey Kongs. Yeah. You have your the yeah. Kongs, the uh, congregation. There's. Uh, ooh. ooh, man, I can't pitch this game. <laughs> Do you like? <laughs> let me ask you this. You imagine like, that's not promising. I can pitch it. I can pitch it. Imagine Banjo Kazooie, but uh -huh. somebody put four billion collectibles into it. Uh huh. I'm listening. And then. And then it's it it looks a little bit like Banjo Kazooie, but it doesn't run as nicely. Ooh, uh, I and, actually will. And fight. and each level is just super boring. Yeah, that sounds about right from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, but you, but you can I shoot. Support Seth here. I I, I, I feel bad. Well, here's the good news: is uh, in spite of being one of the 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 hidden gems of the N sixty four era. It's like eleven dollars to buy okay. on yeah. eBay. It's so. not a hidden gem. It sold really well. <laughs> Look, I actually I don't hate it that much, but like I, it was a major disappointment for me after Banjo Kazooie, and I yeah. I already felt Banjo Kazooie was going in the wrong direction. Just making the games were getting too bloated and too big and too wide. And like yeah. Mario Mario sixty four, I really loved the kind of like the 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 level design in 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 the early nintendo and and rare platformers and it just got bigger and bigger you will get lost in these games not because the world is so big it's because it doesn't fit together right like right. Mm -hmm. you know yeah <sighs> but it yeah. has its it has its, fans. It has its charms oh that, this, this way it. this way that one the uh like you know a speed run like on gdq um those are usually very entertaining but i feel like yeah. that's kind of all all those are good. That's all, that's all speed runs is the, the problem. Is every yeah, speed run is fun to watch. Yeah, yeah every, every speed run is good. Yeah. That is I might play it again. I might play it again. But when it's it like, comes to uh, Nintendo Switch Online eventually. Yeah, exactly. It, which, yeah. you know, it will. But it's like, it's the, you, the, the thing that irked me about it. It's like the collectibles aren't clever, right? Like you're playing right. as Donkey Kong and you. You can see the collects for the other characters, so you know to come back at them. But it's like many of them are just there. They don't lead you down a new path. There are elements where the, the special powers of the other Kongs, like, you know, you utilize them to get something. But most exactly. of it is just, it's just so much stuff. It's the best have. Metroid game on Nintendo 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I, uh, I I think that's it for what we've been playing. One of the uh, criticisms that people have been giving constructively, by the way, thank you to everybody who's been like shouting out our, our request for criticisms, was that we don't say the name of the game after we talk about it. But if you go to IGN playlists, you can see the games that we talk about on the show and you can make your own playlist. I made a playlist of every game I ever reviewed at IGN and it's like, Whoa. I've reviewed like 38 games, which is bananas huh. to me. I've got Donkey Kong 64 on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but anyway, 
let's move on to Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope. We're not really going to touch on the preview very much because Reb couldn't be here today, and I want Reb on to talk about her preview. But uh, go check it out on IGN.com. Uh, Reb got about four hours of hands-on with it and had nice things to say about it. Apparently, the uh, openness in this one gives the game more room to breathe, literally, because it's more open, so they have more room to like breathe. Not literally, oh. but... Uh, and the rabbits, hey, the rabbits talk now. Nobody knows oh. what they say. But Did they talk in the last game? There's an interesting little story in one of Reb's previews about how uh, the design, the lead designer was told, like, in no shape or circumstance can the rabbits ever speak. And he's like, ah, but they didn't say rabbits couldn't sing. And the singing rabbit turned out to be oh, one of the most popular wow. elements wow. of Kingdom Battle. And so this time Ubisoft was like, yeah, go ahead, make them talk. So they talk now. The yep. forking of like the minions and rabbits to kind of see <laughs> yeah. what different like <laughs> qualities that each of them have. That's one of the most interesting stories of the millennium, I feel like. You know, I mean, how, would you please? <laughs> I feel like the rabbits were a little bit like the "What's Up" commercial, right? Yeah. Where it's like it, we we all we all thought it was hilarious at first when the right. rabbits screamed it in our faces, and then after a while, you're like, "All right, okay, that's, you got it. okay, okay, that's enough now." Ubisoft, right? And like, yeah. but the, I think the shame here is that with the last games, I think there were a lot of people like, "Well, the rabbits annoy me, so I'm not going to play it." But I playing the game, the rabbits were not annoying in the no, game. And it sure. was this really cool combination of these like corrupted Nintendo characters in rabbit form. Um, I saw somebody in the NVC uh, Facebook group saying that when they played the original game, they often had to remind themselves that it wasn't made by Nintendo because the polish right. level was so high. And like, yeah. I, I totally agree with it. And it seems like Reb was really impressed with us too. Yeah, which is awesome because I trust Reb's judgment. And so I'm actually really looking forward to this game. The first one is, is was such a surprise. Like I thought, no yes. way. Even with the Mario um, tie-in, I thought there's no way that I'm gonna like this. And then it came out, and everyone's like, "This game is great." And so I finally <laughs> bought it. Um, Charles, do you have any history with the Mario uh, Rabbids franchise, or Rabbids at all, or even Minions for that matter? <laughs> uh, Rabbids, Rabbids. Actually, I think I think my least favorite game I ever owned was Rabbids: Travel in Time for the Nintendo 3DS. Um, I, I got it because it was twenty dollars at Target, and I had, I, I think I only had like twenty one dollars left on my Target gift card or something like that. But this is this is much better than Rabbids: Travel in Time. I can already tell just by looking at it. Um, yeah, I played I played uh, some of the first one. Um, it never really hooked me, but I'm I'm very into. Um, tactics games, and I've heard that this one with with the bob bombs and stuff gets even more complicated. There's more moving parts, which I I always like when you feel like you're cornered and like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die, and then you get like the perfect like galaxy brain moment of I can hit this person and that person and this person, and then you win. Um, and yeah, I, I as far as the rabbits inclusion in the game, it, it kind of feels like when there's like like a Hershey bar, but it's got nuts in it. And I'm like, Ooh. I don't want nuts. I want a Hershey bar. Chunky. There's like a um, single so I think that raisin was in there. To put me off of it. But I think the fact that they made a sequel and the gameplay in the sequel is reportedly better makes me just a little bit more interested. Than before. Yeah. Oh, I highly recommend if you, you know, pick up the, if you have a target gift card with yeah. at least $15 <laughs> on it. Cause I think that's how much uh, kingdom battle is. It's like always on sale. It's yeah. a super good mm -hmm. game. 
and it's super fun. And uh, I was really surprised. And like my kids took to it as well, which I didn't expect. I didn't think they would like to see uh, Mario in, a, in like a strategy game. But yeah. Also, go check out Reb's preview. Yes. Again, and then, you know, say, say something nice to Reb online because everybody loves Reb. Anyway, this is the, the major topic of today's show. Uh, and uh, it's, we've got three olds. And then we have Charles. I, am, am I under, to understand this? Uh, the Wii was your first video game console. Is that true? That's what Reb told me. Christmas 2007, seven-year-old Charles got a Nintendo Wii. That was, wow. that was my first. Actually, I, I think I had technically gotten a DS Lite the year before, but there's a, it's a, a different, I feel like, Mark, different options. There's, it's a bigger deal when you're using up the TV and your dad wants to watch football, and you're like, no, how to play Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Wow. What, uh, what games did you get when you, when you got the, the Wii for Christmas? Or did you, not, did you just have like, the pack-in Wii Sports? The first year was probably uh, Wii Sports and Wii Play. Um, but as, as I grew older, I, I amassed many a Wii game. Um, my, my favorite is probably Twilight Princess. I'm a big okay. Twilight Princess fan. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But yes, I, I, so too many to even list in, in a, a logical order, but, um, yes, big Wii fan. So would you say that you have nostalgia for the Nintendo Wii? If I were to turn my... I have right here if i were to turn this on right now mm -hmm. would you just flash back to like that christmas afternoon and you'd finally hooked it all up <laughs> calibrated your 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 sensor bar that'd be really really problematic for you guys because i would be flashed back for the next four hours <laughs> and we have a podcast to record um but yes just yeah i i still have my Wii. Um, nice wow yeah i have it in uh, uh uh i take it with me wherever i go it's good, good <laughs> Just in, the, in your back pocket of your Jenko jeans. <laughs> yeah, you know, you gotta go to Starbucks, you gotta bring your Wii, case you need to barter or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it's uh, I, the, the reason I picked this subject was actually because I was going through all my crap that I own that you can see like behind me at all times. Um, and I found my Wii and I hooked it up and it started right up. And not only that, it had the correct time and date still. Yeah, and I haven't plugged it wow. in in. You know, I can't remember. You know, it's just a, someone. Someone was like, "Oh, it's, actually, it's just a CR three hundred two battery." But I don't care. I was still impressed by it, <laughs> and it made me realize, like, wait a second, because my son, my fourteen year old son, came down and was like, "Oh, whoa, we! I, I remember this." And I was mm. like, "You do? You were like t tiny when we had this thing." <laughs> and he got nostalgic for it. And I thought, "Oh my god, the Wii is retro now." Wii's um, retro. Yeah. Wii is retro. <laughs> Yeah, that's upsetting. This is my first retro thing I lived through. Is well, what I'm what I'm learning right now. Yep. Yeah. But the the Wii is I feel like the Wii isn't just retro because the te because technology has moved on, right? Like the Super NES with its Mode Seven graphics and the sixteen bit style. Definitely, you look at it and you feel like it's retro. It's that we forked gaming for a little bit, and and it was this yeah. huge fad. And that yeah. ended. That ended, right? Like right. motion controls are now a component of games. Whether you have a PlayStation Five or a Switch, doesn't matter, right? Like they're they're part of games. They make things easier. Like in Splatoon, aiming is better because mm -hmm. of, because of the accelerometer. But games are not designed to be just motion experiences anymore, like they were right. with Wii Sports. And right. so, yeah, that is that is in the rearview mirror of of gaming now. 
Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think there's something like special about being a kid and having that stuff. I, I feel like as an adult now, I play a game and if I don't like it, if I think it's bad, I stop playing it. But when you're a kid, then you're like, I don't care <laughs> because I get to swing the Wii remote and Spider-Man swings his yeah. web. Even though objectively Spider-Man Web of Shadows is not a very good game, <laughs> I played hundreds of hours because no other game did I own where I could swing the Wii remote and Spider-Man would swing his web. And I just love that. The yeah. stuff I really loved with the Wii, you know, there they were definitely instances where the presence of the Wii remotes led to some wrong decisions. Like every developer wanted to use them, right? And 100%. some would some would use them to do genres like Zack and Wiki did, like a graphic adventure through the kind of like pointing at the screen that yeah. wouldn't have felt as good on another console. And and I will say like Metroid Prime Three did the the kind of like the the regular task of like opening a door. It made all that interesting and almost kind of like precedes all the simulator games that people are playing now, right? Where you're doing lawnmower or power washing or you know or like uh, building uh, construction stuff, like where you're doing regular daily tasks, right. and they were just more fun on the Wii, but. Mm -hmm. Because everybody wanted to use the device that the Wii came with. Right. It led to lots of dis decisions where things that were easier by pushing a button became motion controls. And like, yeah. I think nothing like Metroid Other M to me is like the, to me, that's a failure of yeah. understanding the motion controls because it, it, the, like the turning sideways never felt good. Like taking analog mm -hmm. controls away from me with a modern 3D metroid game felt wrong yeah and they they only did that because it didn't want you to have the tether the wiimote the um the nunchuck tethered to it because they wanted you to have this like turn it sideways and then point mm -hmm. at the screen to change mm -hmm. things and I, it just didn't work for me and i felt like right. when you go back now to the wii library you encounter a lot of games where you go well that would have been better without motion controls right. oh absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. John, what are your memories in and around the Nintendo Wii? Well, kind of kind of like coming from the opposite angle as pair. Like I, I feel like uh, you know, I picked up Okami on PS2 where it launched and then like it really felt better on the Wii because you're drawing mm. these painterly things. I still have a hard copy of that game with the IGN watermark on it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, that. I forgot about but, that but uh yeah folks that game shipped with an ig and watermark on the front of it the wii version of that game uh very funny uh like so i i have i have good memories of developers um like clover saying okay like bet yeah i'll i'll make we'll make the wii version of this game better than it originally was um i have good memories this was the last time nintendo seemed to actually care about the ux of its kind of um yes. you know selection environment mm. you, you have music that was composed for menus of that game that are now oh. going to be living on in eternity on tiktok forever like, <laughs> an unbelievable achievement we shop trap remix music. yeah this this piece of music this bossa nova kind of thing permeate pop culture for uh, you know 15 years at this point and there's no <laughs> sign of that stopping uh, <laughs> It's amazing, you know, so like that, that uh, while the Wii kind of was this phenomenon outside of games as we cover them, um, it was also just a really good time that Nintendo was like in their bag doing like really yeah. cool stuff. Um, and Switch is amazing. I love the Switch very, very much, but there's still something very like, I don't know, really impressive with the way that they designed everything uh, in the environment I, for Wii. So. 
So you yeah. you brought us something really important. That's the the menu mm. system. Like it it isn't as playful as the Wii U one with all the little people running around. Uh, right. But it but it was it felt so unique and intuitive once you like pointed at something and grabbed it. it like it had awesome. this kind of tactile so grabby cool. setup, and you yeah. moved it around. Like and that really worked for me too. And actually, yeah. the first time I tried out the the Wii, um, my disappointment with the Wii was always oh man, the graphics don't actually look better than the last right. generation, right? Like, so there was that hurdle, but then you try it and you feel it and you're like, okay, I get it. There's something really unique to it. And I actually thought the moment I used the Wii remote, I thought TV remotes would change forever. Sure. I'm like, there's just no way we're going to go back to like, you know, even like uh, IR or RF controls where you're not pointing at the thing you want. Right. But turned out we did. And we're back yeah. to everything before Wii with, with controls like that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, one of the things when I plugged my Wii in, and, you know, obviously, like we were talking about, the menu system is just, it is wonderful. So I was actually reading up on the Wii, and the design choice there was they wanted to make it feel like you were in a consumer electronics store and mm -hmm. you had all these televisions that you were looking at and you were just browsing mm -hmm. through them. Um, it's a little bit less offensive than going to like Circuit City and having, uh, you know, like Remember Saturday or Sunday football in your face. But, um, do so you know what that is, Circuit City? <laughs> I I can only imagine it was it's some long lost uh, it kingdom was... <laughs> made of wires and, and microchips. It's yeah, it's right it's, next to Blockbuster. Actually, that's like... that's a level in Donkey Kong sixty four, right? It is, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. yeah you right. you pick right. up the you pick up the Crystal Pepsi and you go inside the Circuit City. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, I forgot. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I I plugged in my Wii. Uh, be, Part of me was hoping to find all the games that I used to have. And what I ended up finding was the Wii U transfer tool, which made me remember, oh, yeah, I moved all of those to my Wii U, which means I have to go and plug that back in. But yeah. what I also did, and I'm, it kind of made me sad, was I went to the Wii Vote channel, and I had never gotten the results from the last vote. So I got <laughs> They all came in. Oh, it's like, sad. Would you rather have your, do you like getting your picture taken, yes or no? And 75% of Wii users in, you know, whatever, 2012 did not like having Wait, their photos. Were we on. drinking the Kool-Aid? Like they did all this stuff with, they did, you know, basically kind of like social components. Yeah. They, they, mm. they did news differently. When did news, news. news was yeah. stacking up on a world map uh, by stories you hadn't seen. And then like, yeah, the We Vote stuff, like they had yeah. all these weird weather, they had all these weird yeah. applications where I, I thought I thought it was so freaking cool and I actually yeah. used them more than I would have used on my on my phone or on my computer. It was so clever. Yeah. It's, I it's like, like that's the year Nintendo discovered the internet. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and after that they're like, all right, we, we got it back in 2007. <laughs> you know what's interesting? They've been trying to do that for so long, right? Like mm. if you go back to the Super uh, Famicom and the Satella view, the 64DD had like all these kind of, the, they had aspirations right. to basically make it like this worldwide web for stuff that is fun, which in Japan included horse racing. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they really, they, I think they really succeed. Like I, I remember my kids playing around with these applications and actually thinking they were really cool. Yeah. So they were onto something, but it just couldn't last. Right. Because right. everyone has an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I also have the, uh, the Netflix app, which I can't use because I don't have the Netflix disc to, to stream. Right. Oh, yeah. I have one. Next wow. time you can borrow it. I have the Netflix disc, but um, yeah, that was I remember when the when Netflix came out for multiple years. 
more people used Netflix on Wii than any other device. Yeah. Yeah. Like that Which... was the big success, how Netflix entered people's living rooms as a streaming platform. I'll tell you a little story about Seth Macy, the guy who works at IGN now. Where I got my start was because, and this is Charles, this is for you. This is me, an old man, telling you about how things were in the before times. Um, okay. Netflix streaming came exclusively to Xbox 360 when it first came out. Like only, you could either watch it on your PC, which sucked because nobody wanted to do that. Or you could watch it on your Xbox 360, which is hooked to your TV. There was only about 10,000 movies on there. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them were like not even B movies. They were like Q or like Z movies. They were just way down on the alphabet <laughs> because they were horrible. Um, OneUp.com, rest in peace put out a call for bloggers to cover Netflix on the Xbox 360 because it was such a new and novel thing. And oh, cool. I put in my application and I was the guy who wrote three Damn. articles a month about wow. what was new on Netflix on year 360. Wow. That's how interesting and exciting it was way back then. Yeah, like uh, we're seeing footage right now of Netflix <laughs> running on the Xbox 360. Uh, the so selection good. was bad. Uh, oh, I didn't realize they had Mystery Science Theater. They had Mystery back Science then. on there at one point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's actually and Jaws. That's not and, bad. Uh, and Labyrinth. Caddyshack. Classic. Dance Magic Dance. Family Guy, which most people now only know from memes and don't realize that that was a, a that's a TV show. Yeah, that's program. right. Yeah. It's not particularly good. But yeah, uh, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. But Netflix on uh, streaming is what got st me started. That was my first paid gig. I got fifteen dollars a post. So I made $45 a month yeah. at, at most. It was, yeah, it was not, really back then that paid rent. Yep. Back then you could pay rent <laughs> and you could take your best lady out for a malted. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I find the Wii era just fascinating and I, I honestly, I have nothing but love for the console at, at its point in time. Now looking back, um, but I can also remember when when the games were revealed at E3 and like our collective editorial team was like, oh my God, they how do the graphics look worse than GameCube? Right. You know, mm. there, there was this sort of shock where we didn't understand what Nintendo was doing. And from kind of like a core gamer's perspective, we always crave like shinier, better, more effects, more beautiful, yeah. higher resolution. It was a little bit of a of a you know bucket of cold water at that point. But then yeah. We all were instant believers when we played Wii Sports, and it was yeah. bowling that sold us yeah. out. Oh, so good. Well, we've reminisced about Wii, but I need you all to sharpen your number two pencils okay. because I've prepared a Nintendo Wii quiz, which oh weirdly oh was another okay. thing that people were like, hey, you should have a, we should win things by listening to the show. You should have a quiz. I was like, I'm actually making one. Get out of my head, people. Um, but I have a quiz about the Nintendo Wii's library of games. There were over 1,600 games for mm -hmm. the Nintendo Wii. 1,600, I think 37, not all of them released. And that includes, uh, like, there was like a just, uh, uh, what was that singing show that used to be very popular? Uh, anyway. American Idol? No, 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 no. It was a different Think one. Star? No. Oh, Maybe right. there was one. Anyway. There were there were a surprising amount of games specifically for Germany, which I didn't expect. Oh. I didn't add any of those because I didn't think it would be fair to the other panelists. Mm, thanks. So sorry, pair. 
Yeah. Plus I would butcher the pronunciation. Pronunciation? Anyway. So <laughs> which of the following Meta. three games is not a Wii game? A, the Smurfs. B, the Smurfs 2. Or C, <laughs> the Smurfs Dance Party. And you're, you're welcome two. to discuss it among in? each other. The Smurfs 2. I'm going to say Smurfs 2 because I, I think that game came out for the Wii U. Okay. I, I, think Smur guess. I think Smurfs 2 is not a Wii game. Okay. Because everything the, Dance Party is a Wii is game. Is a Wii game. This, yeah. The Smurfs 2 was developed by WayForward and published by Ubisoft for the Nintendo Wii. The Smurfs was never on wow. Nintendo Wii. It was just uh, the Smurfs 2. Wow. Yeah, so this yeah. is like Goat Simulator 3 where they just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, I'm kind of interested just finding out that WayForward developed it because I like pretty much everything that WayForward has ever done. So right. um, yeah. I'm sure you can find this at your local Goodwill for three dollars sorry the footage we're seeing has to be the ds game or something yeah right? this looks very yeah. DS. Okay. I, was, I was like wow they really did not get the tech right okay never mind uh and <laughs> here what is the german smurfs in german is schlumpfer Die schlumpfer, schlumpfer. Yeah. i love that i love that too Die right. so, yeah. uh smurfs dance party was a ubisoft game which no no surprise there a lot a lot of dance games all right which 2000s era television drama did not appear on the Nintendo Wii as a video game? A, Grey's Anatomy, B, CSI, C, NCIS, or D, 24? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 24. Grey's Anatomy. I'm also going to say Grey's Anatomy because, uh, yeah, I don't think it was Grey's Anatomy. It, uh, well, it could have been a, you know. Like a like a operating table game. Sure, still, I, it, it just, I see it. I just it seems too old for that audience. Yeah. Well, all right. So, Charles, you're saying 24 was not on, and John Impair, you're saying Grey's Anatomy was not a Wii game. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Grey's Anatomy, the video game, is set during the fourth season of the medical That's drama cool. Grey's Anatomy in an original storyline <laughs> in which the right. doctors have to deal with a diphtheria outbreak. The game takes the form of a visual novel interspersed with mini games. No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm procuring yeah. this game right now. Wow, I need it. That. Yeah, it's, this... it's, there's also three CSI games, CSI yeah, Deadly Intent, CSI yeah, Fatal Conspiracy, I, yeah. and CSI Hard Evidence. Those were all developed by Telltale, which I was <gasps> wow. surprised to find out. And uh, the NCIS game was developed by Ubisoft Shanghai. Ubisoft appeared a lot, and I didn't, I wasn't seeking or searching out games by Ubisoft, but they just, they made a lot of Wii games. They made yeah. a lot of crap. Yeah. yeah, they sure did. So yeah, Charles, made... you were correct. 24 yeah, I, I... did not appear on Wii. It was, however, there is a PlayStation 2 24 game. Um, yeah. Which... yeah, that's the one I remember. Yep. I think, okay, well, uh, yeah, the, the guy who made the bargain bin at Target and Circuit City must have had stock in Ubisoft or something. Or, or <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> like, I, I remember we used to capture every game released in our games database. And, like, we got to the Wii era where our games database guy said, like, I, I cannot do it, Captain. Yeah, like, right. there was just so much stuff. And, and there would be no press releases or announcements. You would literally go to, like, a... a like a Walmart and like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Well, when, when I was researching this, uh, you know, there is a list of every game on Wikipedia, of course, that came out for these. This doesn't include WiiWare games actually. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but like a surprising majority of them just don't have a Wikipedia article at all. 
because like yeah. you said they're just so random and there's just no information about them anymore yeah and it's a lot of smaller like microids and and stuff, yep. like smaller studios like cranked out stuff and sometimes there were flash game conversions yeah <laughs> yes no. that was a big thing mm-hmm. back then a lot Online of party flash games, games. Yeah. yeah where oh yeah somebody just added a waggle and that was it that's all you needed there's a lot of waggling going on back well there. we're really bad at this game seth do you have any other games <laughs> oh no i have uh <laughs> I have a Ubisoft, another Ubisoft question. Oh God. Uh, what was the last Just Dance game released for Nintendo Wii? Oh, totally guessing now. Yeah, I know, Just, I know this one, I think. Okay. Just Dance 2019. Okay. I think it's, I think it's like 2020. I think it's like more recent. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Was Charles. this multiple choice or are we just guessing? No, 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 no. this is, guess. I mean, Okay, oh, my my guess is multiple choice from all the. Your guess think, is what? I think I think the last year it Just Dance came out for the Wii was 2020. I don't know if that means it's Just Dance 2021. Like I don't know exactly uh, how the, yeah, but I think the years 20, of I think it were. It came out in 2020. John and uh, Charles, you are correct. Wow. It was just yeah. Dance 2020 for the Nintendo Wii. There were 23 Just Dance titles. <laughs> wow. Because it's a 23-year-old console, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a a lot of just slight very, you know, like Just Dance Kids and Just Dance Mm -hmm. Kids 2 and, you know, weird uh, things like that. But yeah, 2020 was the last Wii release of Just Dance, and I believe the last Wii game to come out was Mm -hmm. Just Dance 2020. I still remember seeing it at Walmart, like, in 2019 and being like, what is is happening in this exactly. pre-pandemic world and right. you know we didn't know we didn't know it was coming back then. You, look the more casual the audience right like the longer they keep devices and and don't upgrade and yeah i i mm-hmm. remember i remember ubisoft telling us like whenever we made jokes about there being another just dance for we after nobody owned the console anymore they're like laugh it up it sells so well like every <laughs> yeah. time you know yeah oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we kind of forget now with the way mm-hmm. the game, I mean, the Switch is obviously a huge success and is broken, you know, crossover appeal, but the Wii, just everybody had a Wii. Everybody's oh, grandma had a Wii. You would go mm-hmm. over to Grand Grand's house. Over. She'd be like, could you help me set the clock again? Yeah. She just over 100 million units sold, right? Yeah. And the Wii, right. even though there was an iteration, different hardware iteration. It's not like the DS where there are multiple lines of devices where you would want to replace the one you already own. That's a hundred million. That's a really, really big install yeah, base. It's, right. It is wild. Um, all right. This is the lightning round. Which of the following games are real and which are ones I just made up when I was making this list? So first, Guinness World Records, the video game. Real. Real. It's a real game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a collection of mini games. What a surprise there. Uh, yeah. The Hardy Boys, The Hidden Theft. Real. Real. Fake. That's also a real game. Oh, my God. Because you know how kids love The Hardy Boys. <laughs> back in love them. Yeah. Man, wow. I remember going to Toys R Us that day, and it was just a, it was a bedlam. Everyone just was, had Hardy Boys <laughs> fever that day. All right. Uh, yo, Gabba Gabba, get the sillies out. Real. That's, I'm going to say real because if you made the subtitle get the sillies out, I'm okay with being wrong. That's, okay, that's exactly. Very yeah, I think, I, yeah. think I, I agree. Yeah. It's real. That is not a real game. What? Oh, my gosh. Good job, Seth. Amazing I have so much children's program. 
Let's oh, go. well, I have uh, I have an 18 year old and a 14 year old. So Yo Gabba Gabba, yeah. I, yeah. I actually like Yo Gabba Gabba more than they did. I'm like, this marquee is on TV right now, kids. And uh, so, yes, that is not a real game. Jerry Rice and Nidus's dog football. I own this game, Seth Macy. <laughs> so real. That is a real. That is a real yeah. game. Um, it is Rice. wild. Is it really? I don't know anything about it other than like I remember Jerry Rice was on like a huge <laughs> public relations kick for this game. Like, yep. One Up used to get all sorts of you know press releases about it. And it's could John, could you just explain what's going on? Please. It's like a little bit like a blitz. You have different breeds of dogs on your team that excel at different things. And it's I think it's like five on five football. Um, you play in these like weird terrains with like obstacles, like a mansion in Beverly Hills. Each of the characters you play as are quarterbacks and they have all their different personalities, and it plays look at that. It it plays <laughs> terribly. Oh. I played about two hours of this game. Look at, and, look at um, the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was kind of hoping that this was a hidden gem because I remember just Jerry Rice, Just I, I was touched by how much he loved his dog. Oh, yeah. He made a, a game about his dog and went like, on a, a media the, tour. The, the goodwill kind of injected into this game makes it worth tr- trying, but it's you can get it on Steam right now, by yeah. the way. Right. Um, so yeah, like that's hundred percent positive reviews for uh-huh. users. So yeah, it's a, it's, <laughs> it, it is a hidden gym in a sense. I football definitely not expecting someone to own one of the games on this list. So that's what I'm shout out. John. That's an extremely John Warren type of like nonsense <laughs> game. I feel like yeah. Hats right. off to you. <laughs> we have a few more. Chrysler Motorsports minivan racing, real or made up? Made up. Real. That was one I just made up. I love oh. the idea, though. My first, my, first car was a, my first car was a champagne-colored Chrysler Town & Country. So nice. love, I you know what? In hindsight, I should have known it was fake because it didn't have, like, extreme or something in the Wrong. title. It sounded oh, yeah. too descriptive. Like, Wii games yeah. always have, like, this, this amazing feel yeah, to yeah, them y'all remember you know, how good the volkswagen bug racing though was on that's kind of where right? i was trying to yeah, go yeah, adventure racing yeah, that game that yeah. game was great anyway yeah it's, from it's the cream strange. of the crop of the need for speed team mm-hmm. oh wow i did not know that all right uh pimp my ride yeah that's real i think that's real, real. that's a real game yeah. i don't know it's probably a collection of mini games uh probably. also there's a no. great Everything article is. I just read about how Pimp My Ride was completely fake and everyone yeah. involved was uh borderline uh criminal so, all right. <laughs> Kimbo Slice Ultimate Cage Fighter. Ooh. Wow. Say that again. Kimbo Slice Ultimate Cage Fighter. <laughs> I don't gonna, know. I'm going to say who real. that is. I'm going to say real too, but it seems like something Seth would like to be real. I know. I, I yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say. Ah, oh, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the score is right now. I don't think anyone's keeping score. <laughs> Nobody's so, no. keeping score. I'm it's like, uh, whose right line now. is it anyway? Oh, yeah. oh, I see. So I'm going to say that it's real and be on the same the same size as everyone else because I think I'm I might be a little <laughs> bit ahead right now. And if I if you guys both get a point, then it's not worth. So I'm going to say okay, real, okay. I have okay. I'm fully shooting in the dark. Kimbo Slice is a departed uh, street fighter who was sort yes. of went viral as he okay. was coming up. He never really did that well in professional mma but that is not a real game however ah. there is a fitness game called ufc personal trainer i remember that 
Nice. Okay. All right. So yeah, no, no Kimbo <laughs> slice. Uh, this is the final one. Daisy Fuentes Pilates. I know that's real. I think that's real. Um, yeah. I'm saying real. I'm curious. How do you know that that's real? Because that is a bargain bin title that I've actually <laughs> yeah. seen, and I and I I said out loud, "Why?" You gotta there, get that rebalance board. You know, it is a real game, and there yeah. is a video series that IGN did years and years ago called uh, <laughs> "I Can't Say the Word." It's free. Sh exclamation point T. Where yeah. Chris Carl. Uh, it's a very um, uh, cable access style show, and Chris Carl in a unicorn shirt is talking about Daisy Fuentes pilots and how great of a game it is, and how beautiful he thinks. That's free, free bleep in hindsight because we titled it that, and because we made it so cable accessy, people didn't believe it was real. It was actually we gave away so much stuff on that show. Like but people right. won stuff and they didn't believe us. And on YouTube they thought we we're being serious. Like the show had Cheech and Chong on it. Um it was wow. completely bonkers and like it was wonderful and nobody understood it. Every every episode did like ten thousand views or something and we eventually uh, canceled it. There it, it is. Was, There's Chris. Yeah. And here, here's the funny wow. thing uh, about that t-shirt. I own that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it my wife wears it more often than I do, but I think I might be able to fit into it now. I've been I've been doing some pilots. So I'm, I'm much wow. much more spelled. But yeah, that's a that's a real game. That's a real old IGN video. And that's a, that's a, a VP at Paramount Plus. Right <laughs> that's right. He's producing the behind-the-scenes Star Trek series for you right now. There. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That's wow. good stuff. We should go back, but we'll maybe give it a better no. title. No, no, we can't because people just don't trust it. Oh, they'll trust me if I host it. The internet has turned so mistrusting. Like, yeah. they think everything's fake or paid for. or And it's... Look, look the people who trusted it... They got that Xbox 360. So yeah, jokes Look on that. You. Jokes on you, untrust, untrusting people. So <laughs> thank you for playing our Wii quiz. Uh, you all passed with flying colors. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And I think we all learned something today. And that is we had 1,637 games and about 100 of them were good. And uh -huh. the rest were not good. Um, and you can't play most of them anymore, which is too bad. So. <laughs> Now it is time for question block. And I have a lot of question block questions because people have been questioning me to question, question, question block. I got a little ahead of myself there. Shannon Gillette or Gillette rather asks, what is the best Mario power up? And I have an answer for this already. So I'm going to let, I'm just going to sit back and see if anybody else says it first. Uh, everyone's looking, uh, pairs looking very stern. Well, because I like I, my mind was blown when I got the the um manto. What is it called in English? The the cape in Super Mario World. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, when I when I got that power up, that blew my mind because you could access places and you could do things in Mario that felt like too powerful. Like it felt mm -hmm. like they gave me the power to break the game. And like in well, some cases, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. I love that one. But it's hard to argue against some of the later power ups too. I don't know. I'll let you the other guys answer too, but like, okay. I would still probably pick the cape. I'm, right. I'm a big Tanuki person. Yeah. You know, old school Mario 3 Tanuki more than like 3D land, but like, yeah, you could turn into a statue. Those statues yep. showed up in Super Mario Odyssey. And, you know, it's like, it's a nice, nice through line for the entire series, a real departure from kind of 
what you could do with Mario up to that point. Um, you know, the leaf was great, but you could turn into a cool Tanuki. I love that. Yeah. Guy. So I never got the turning into a statue thing. Like, I, I agree with you. It was a cool power up. I, but it that's like from Tom Hanks, like the movie Big, where he has this whole speech about, <laughs> is it fun to transform this toy into a house, right? Like, why why are you excited about turning into something that can't move? Because you, you're, you're invulnerable. You can just let the... Exactly. Just, yeah, but you not, can't move. Not, yeah, but it's like... It's it, uh, they they inter they introduced stealth. It became the first immersive sim, is what right. I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's like stealth elements in Mario Three. You got to get you know get turn invulnerable, let people get around you. Uh, no, I don't know. I it it was so strange to me when I was a kid. I didn't get it. I still mm -hmm. don't, but I still have a lot of nostalgia for it. I would, I always thought it was like a monkey's paw genie wish where Mario is like, I would like to be invulnerable. <laughs> right. He's yeah, like, right, fine, right. statue, boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, all right uh, what about you um, charles mine i'm i'm going back and forth between uh the propeller hat which i feel like is yes. just, good one. Yes. just extremely That's... versatile like if yeah. if i needed to survive in a level they're like if you don't die once in this level in mario you're gonna win a thousand dollars i'd be like give me the propeller hat because mm -hmm. i'll survive <laughs> um my favorite I have, I don't know if it's the best power up, and I don't actually remember how often it occurred, but there's like a red flying cap in um, Super Mario Galaxy where you can get yeah. these stars and fly around. I, yeah. I thought that one was very fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that stood out to me too. Mario 64 Childs, which is this older game, yep. also has the, <laughs> the, the flying power up. It's different though, because no, no, he doesn't have. He doesn't have wings on his head. No, totally. Um, yeah, yeah, pair. I played Super Mario sixty four DS, all right, all right, all right. so I know all about. <laughs> oh, that. You, did you did you have the little strap that you could use to fix the controls? <laughs> oh, um, I forgot no. about that. Yeah. Hey, so the propeller hat—that was the other one I was thinking about. Whereas, like, that—that that is an example of the tactile stuff being done brilliantly on the Wii, where when you shake the remote, you get this real sense of like yeah. you're like winding it up, right? And it has mm -hmm. this like. Feedback. I always loved that, like the way it felt. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Those are great answers, but they're all wrong. What about you, Seth? Well, um, the the best power up in all of uh, of all of Mario history is the frog suit from Mario Three, and I don't know why, but it was my favorite thing. And you have to understand that back then, when Mario Three was being promoted heavily, uh, before that, the only thing when Mario would get big, or Mario would shoot fire, and that was it. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're like, Mario can turn into a, a Tanuki, which you don't, oh, by the way, American kids, you don't know what that is. You think it's a raccoon, okay. but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's closer, more closely related to the bear. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. But, uh, and then, uh, oh God, there's so many of it. Cause now I'm, I'm, I'm backtracking. Cause I'm like, well, Kerbo's shoe. I love that you would a go shoe. into a Goomba shoe and like, right. be able that's not to a power up though. That's it just is, a shoe. It's a, it's a shoe that makes you <laughs> vulnerable and you can cross over the little Pac-Man uh, power plant, uh, excuse me, piranha plants. <laughs> Again. Oh, that's like the genie, the genie just being a total yeah. jerk back to Mario again. Uh, it's like, you want a cool ride? How about a shoe? Martin I was like, giant boots. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. One big boot. We never no, knew until many years later who Kurobu was. We just thought it was a guy from Japan. But that's what the Goombas are called in Japan, actually. So. They just didn't bother to translate it. But, okay, yep. the frog suit is, like, actually my one of my favorites, and I don't know why. I just love the idea that Mario could swim better. But the real yeah. answer is the the red hat with the wings from Mario 64. Because the first time you 
you did that was like one of the most amazing experiences cool. i think i can ever like i ever had in video games i put that like that up there with the first time i played vr and the first time i just played like super mario the original one because it was just so mind-blowing and it yeah it, it's not uh limitless you can't break the game i mean sure, actually wait a minute i bet mark medina knows how to break the game with it yeah i'm uh, sure you can break the game yeah. yeah it's a pretty broken game but the yeah my answer is the hat as well anything that makes mario fly is good flying and swimming yeah i i do want to say also real quick that um i actually have played mario 64 um <laughs> on uh the wii virtual console mm. that was just a thing i didn't i didn't really get to talk about but like as a kid i really appreciated that the wii had all these like older games i could just access through the yeah. store and it had gamecube backwards compatibility and just as we're reminiscing on this mario stuff it's like i've never played with the frog suit before and i could on the nintendo switch online i'm, I'm pretty sure yep. um but just Earth that that's another thing i miss about the wii is that i i felt like people would mention things online people talk about legends of the ocarina of time on forums or whatever and i could be like oh i can just play that on my wii and i did and there's so many things i experienced yeah. that, that I can't do anymore yeah nope. uh the frog suit's only in level four i think only in two levels in level four so i would actually play level four just oh, to get the frog wild. suit i don't know why weird little kid i guess uh, it's funny that you mentioned that i didn't one of the questions that i meant to to put in here was somebody was asking do we prefer oh actually i did put it good from thanks past me <laughs> travis crawford says do you like collections of games on cartridge digital like the genesis or cowabunga collections or would you rather have them available via an online service like nso or virtual console and i don't know personally i loved virtual console because like charles like you're saying you could just access right. these games but i also love buying physical games and having them forever like that's the reason i hooked up my wii was to play my virtual console games which by the way are on my wii u which right. i don't know they might be corrupted now mm. so i'm curious as to what everyone else thinks you know do you do you prefer a, a collection on a disc or excuse me uh, on a cartridge or would you rather have a service where you could just access them i I'll, I'll give a hybrid answer i mean I, I don't think i really care so much about the physical aspect of it honestly i've gone pretty digital over the past few years and mostly don't regret it although <laughs> the way that these big companies are treating that stuff has been a little disheartening but like the cowbunga collection is a really good example of a collection that like knows why it should be a collection it, mm -hmm. it gets together a lot of behind the scenes cutting room floor whatever stuff that comes with the collection and it's like wow that's great nintendo first party sorry is actually pretty bad at this like really the all stars mario could have gone all out with stuff with like development stuff that i know we never mm -hmm. see out of japan i get that but like it seemed like such an obvious opportunity to package the game with something cool it came with soundtracks things like that it made it kind of special but like they didn't do enough, I think, with a cool collection. If you do cool stuff with a collection, I like collection. If you're not going to do cool stuff, I just like a la carte on a service. That's why I, where I am too. I would love a Metroid collection, but I don't just want yeah. every Metroid game on a on a cartridge. No. Um, the other factor is sometimes you get games that are very very similar. Like mm. let's let's do a Castlevania collection, right? Like just mm. even the DS games, and when you get them all at once, for me personally, it's daunting. I'm like, right. I'm going to pick my favorite to play and I'm not going to be able to enjoy the entire collection. However, yeah. when it's part of Nintendo Online where you get one game now and then you get the next one, you get Symphony of the Night like in, in a couple of weeks later, 
I actually have more time to experience them and kind of like look forward to the next one. But it would be nice if there was that sort of cadence and that sort of announcement. Like if Nintendo had a season where it's like the season of Castlevania and they told you two, two weeks from now you get this one, four weeks from now you get that one, that would be really exciting. I have the perfect season, the Halloween season, on account of how spooky it is. Oh, oh yeah. Give me a call, Nintendo. We can yep. talk. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm also, I don't know. I, I think I prefer a virtual store, honestly. I'm not really one for a physical collection. But it's also, I think, I think we're, we're getting different things out of this. Because for you guys, it's like, let me revisit a memory or, you know, an old thing that I, I really liked back then that I don't have access to anymore. And for me, I'm almost, I was, I was thinking of it like, this is my, like, Shakespeare is playing the original Super Mario Bros. <laughs> or whatever. Like, I feel like I got to read up to have the literacy to, to uh, participate in, like, game design circles and whatnot. Yeah. And for me, I just like having a library of stuff where it's like, if I want to play this game, I have the option to. And I think um, uh, probably what I care about more than the form it is, is the accessibility of it. But I guess if I could only pick one, I'd get, I'd pick physical. Cause like this, well, Aha. I don't know. Cause the, 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 the store closing, the, the Wii U and 3DS store closing in like March, um, is something I dread. <laughs> I just yeah. keep thinking about that. Cause I'm going to buy a bunch of, bunch of games and I've been putting it off, but it's like, uh, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna mourn the loss of of having access to some of this stuff. Of like, I played Super Paper Mario, the original, on my Wii U because that's mm. where I could access it. And right. those games hold up, and they're good, and they deserve to be played. And it's a shame that uh, it's not how it always is. Yeah, ah. I am a sucker, and I just love to buy things. So put out physical <laughs> yeah. editions, and let me just like I I have where is it? I think I've shown it before, but I bought that that oh here it is. I bought the very expensive Cowabunga collection, uh, yeah. special edition. This was not cheap. It was $150. I had to have it. Beautiful. I have not even opened uh, it yet. What is my problem? Well, because in uh, no 10 years, 10 years, that's I, so much money. That is true. Yeah, uh, yeah there's, uh, yeah, that is actually, there was a sealed copy of uh, Mike Tyson's punch out on Shop Goodwill that ended up going for like, I think $35,000 because Whoa. it was in, in absolutely pristine uh new old stock condition we're not going to go into me talking about auction sites <laughs> i got a serious problem i bought donkey kong 64 for christ's sakes yeah you or for did. heaven's sakes excuse this me this is actually an intervention set <laughs> yeah we need to talk yeah, i appreciate fine. it i appreciate the all care for me but i have to get to the next question kelly hoffert asks or says rather i put 50 hours into splatoon 3 in the first 10 days which is probably the most i've ever played a game that quickly so i'm curious what is the most you've played a new game that you didn't have to play for work <laughs> and i'm curious what is the most quickly because we yeah. are sadly running out forza of horizon 5 for me uh okay. you know I, I love i love racing games obviously so you know I, I buy many of them i played lots of gran turismo as well but like forza horizon because of the sort of like reward structure and yeah. the kind of like weekly check-ins I have way over 200 hours in that one and probably 300 now. And it's just, uh, I still play it. Wow. All right. John, what about you? What, what's the game that you've put the most time in the quickly, most quickliest? I, 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 I got 500 moons on Odyssey in about, oh. a, uh, in about a weekend. Wow. Yeah, like I, that, I, I absolutely, that's concerning. I, I like, I like <laughs> devoured that game. Yeah. 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 It's a great right. game. Yeah. 
Charles, what um, about you? For me, I'm thinking it's it's either got to be like a Pokemon game. Like I got, I remember Pokemon uh, White. I got that the day it came out. That was my first pre-order. Eleven uh, year old Charles. Um, but it also might just be Persona Five. I just played that game in, Ooh, in yeah. such long binge sessions that like. Uh, uh, not not when it came out. I guess that that was my my caveat. That wasn't the second it came out. But once I got my hands on it, it was like, you know, three weeks later, I had 150 hours in it or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, mine are all uh, all share a common theme. Um, probably the first game that I just sat down from the minute I popped it in and was just glued to it was absolutely uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Like that, I'd never seen anything like, well, that's not true. I'd played Daggerfall, but Daggerfall is <laughs> a long ways away from Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Yeah, um, and I just played that for, I think, the entirety of a weekend to the point where I would go out into my yard and I would be trying to pick herbs to make potions <laughs> with later. Um, <laughs> later on, the same thing happened with Skyrim. And I've told that story a hundred times. Like I quit smoking because I played Skyrim every time I had uh, a craving. So for three wow. straight days, I just played Skyrim and, and, you know, I've been, That's clean. Amazing. I've been clean ever wow. since. So I was completely, I just, I just transferred the addiction. I mean, it's probably not healthy, <laughs> but, uh, video games know, save lives. Wow. It, pa Paxel off the market. Now it's just Elder Scrolls <laughs> Skyrim. I actually have a copy of the stop smoking game for Nintendo DS. That was, uh, has Whoa. a box quote from, I think Sir Anthony Hopkins. I think it's the only DS game <laughs> about how it helped him quit smoking. But um, wow, the other game, the other two games were Metal Gear Solid Five, yeah, and Red Dead Redemption Two. I, if it's an open yeah. world game, that if if it grabs me, that's it. That's all yeah. I want to do. Mm -hmm. I'm completely obsessed about living in that world. I think Red Dead Redemption Two is probably the most I've ever felt that I was in a different like era yeah. and world and time. And I know that people have a lot of complaints about that game. But that's not even a Nintendo game, so we can't talk yeah. about it anyway. Because people get frustrated with me. So I'm sorry to you. But sadly, everyone's least favorite part of the show. It's all the time we have for this week's Nintendo voice chat. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. And one of these days, I'm going to get myself added to that uh, email alias so I can get the actual emails and you can start emailing them to us. But, John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FloppyAdult. Uh, you can also find a hashtag called uh, hashtag FanbiteLayoffs over there if you want to help one of the many amazing people, Charles and I are two of them, um, who were laid off last week and looking for full-time work. Next, please go check that out. Uh, Charles is amazing. Charles was the best intern. Oh. Ready, super ready for whatever. Gosh. We, we loved having him this summer, so yeah, awesome, Charles. Where where can people find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ChuckDuck365. Um, and I want to say, just as far as question bot questions go, always believe because I I submitted questions I think for years, and then I finally got mine on <laughs> two or three years ago, and I think it was about eating the Pokemon Far Fetched. <laughs> Um, I remember that one. Because <laughs> yeah. it comes with a leak. So I was like, it's great. That's it's right. Just, yeah. like, built -in, uh, yakitori. Game. That's what it is. It's a Yakitori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. ChuckDuck365 on Twitter. That is awesome. Well, John and Charles, thank you so much. This was an awesome show pair. Thank you, as always. Uh, 
Red, I want to thank you on the ones and twos, but most of all, I want to thank you, the audience, for hanging out with us. Remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. The bizarro combination of Mario, Rabbids, and a tactics game in Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle somehow came together into something astonishingly delightful, which left Ubisoft with a daunting task in Sparks of Hope, sparking a big enough bombshell to properly catch us all off guard again. But after about four hours with Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, I'm feeling confident Ubisoft has given Mario plus Rabbids the dynamite needed to surprise its audience once more. On the exploration side, transforming Mario plus Rabbids from its linear world structure to more free-roaming open levels was possibly the best upgrade the team could have made. Ubisoft has put in a lot of work to make each zone feel wonderfully open-ended, with a lot of extra space devoted to telling stories with NPCs and environments that the first game never could have. And it's all stuffed with side quests, coins, treasures, and dopey little rabid vignettes that make each area highly distracting. But even more important than the exploration, I was surprised by how utterly blown open Mario plus Rabbids has become thanks to the shifts and how movement and combat work. Free movement alone opens up a feast of tactical possibilities and offers time and space to understand the battlefield possibilities on a given turn. But that's combined with other significant changes. Each character now has two action points to spend per turn on attacking, special moves, and item use, giving every combat situation a ridiculous array of viable approaches. The most exciting new addition, by far, are the sparks. Status effects are gone, but replaced with elements such as fire, water, ice, and others that are applied to opponents by equipping sparks to characters and using them to spice up attacks with elemental energy. This also means enemies, and your team, have weaknesses and resistances to keep in mind, a change which pushed me to spend a meaningful period of time analyzing the battlefield and enemy types. I had to really, really think about my roster and equipment. It's much harder to bulldoze your way through story fights. Except it's also easier, but only if you want it to be, thanks to a couple wonderful key changes. For one, there's a difficulty selection you can adjust at any time to toggle between easy, normal, and hard battles. Additionally, it's now more possible to grind meaningfully. It wasn't necessary in the sections I played, but had I struggled, I know I could have looped back, redone some story fights, battled some of the roaming enemies on the map again, or done some side quests to level up my party. This should all be extremely welcome news, as both features broaden the range of people who can enjoy Sparks of Hope. It continues to welcome in the tactics newbies, even as it grows more complex, and the true tactical connoisseurs can challenge themselves even more. The one change I'm still genuinely uncertain about, though, involves the rabbits themselves. They talk now. Funky forward, make you faint. Not just incoherent screaming, but they have fully written out, grammatically correct dialogue now, alongside occasional voice acting, interspersed with their more conventional boah-like utterances. Ran the table. On one hand, we get some great characterization this way. I'm not sure we'd quite feel the same depth of utter ennui from Rabid Rosalina, or clear edge lordery from, well, edge, without them actually talking. I was gonna read. But on the other hand, it's kind of weird, you know? It feels inherently unrabbit of them to speak. I genuinely have no idea how this will land by the time Sparks of Hope is done. 
but I still love the rabbits, talking or not. Ubisoft accomplished one heck of a feat in making these dorky pests so charming, with both its goofy lineup of rabbit NPCs and its roster of humorous Mario wannabes. The greater cast of the first game is almost entirely available right out of the gate in Sparks of Hope, and the initial rabbit deluge both adds to the tactical possibilities and gives the new members like Edge and Rabbit Rosalina much more space to shine. And no one can take the spotlight away from Kingdom Battle favorites, like the phone-obsessed Rabbit Peach, who's become a proper deuterogonist next to Mario himself. <laughs> a typical side effect of getting to preview more than a few hours of something is that when that thing finally comes out, I find myself sprinting through the content I've already seen to get to the juicy new nuggets beyond. But I don't feel that way about Sparks of Hope. What I played was wildly fun and so full of possibility, I'm eager to try it again, but using different characters and strategies. I can't wait to see what chaos the Rabbids and I can cause next time. For more on Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, check out the official gameplay trailer, as well as the original reveal trailer. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.